0: Welcome back to the Get Coaching podcast, your podcast for all things personal development and coaching. I to have this very special guest on today. We have Emil Steenveld. Emil was actually my coach last year. I also did some consulting work with Emil. He is such a powerful coach, an emotional intelligence expert, and someone who I deeply admire. As a trainer of coaches, I if you follow me, you know, I can probably be like a bit critical when it comes to coaching. And I have to say, um, you know, the level of presence that Emil has so, so wise, like well beyond his years and someone who I highly recommend working with, if you're looking to go deeper as a high performer or to really discover what is my life, what's, what's available for me, how far can we take this, whatever that is for you. So Emil, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Jess. It's always a pleasure.
0: Always a pleasure to to be speaking with you. And Emile, I'd love for you to share how you, the story around how you became a coach.
1: How I became a coach was um, at the time I was a model And I just got back from Hong Kong and I actually wasn't speaking to my sister. And this is interesting because I don't think I've shared this. I basically cut off my sister because she, we were living together at the time. And uh, she, when we separated and like I moved out, she ended up taking my bond money. this this is what's funny right she took my bond money and she said that because when I moved out I didn't sort the place out enough because I decided to go on a trip a boys trip a Europe trip with my boys and when I left I moved in my ex-girlfriend and then when my ex-girlfriend left like I don't know something happened and the place wasn't cleaned up properly anyway she took the bond money and straight away Jess, this is what's funny, is I got so angry and so annoyed and it triggered something really deep in me. And I was like, that's Mm -hmm. it. I'm not speaking to her. And for one year, I didn't speak to my sister. Yeah. And that was my way of protecting myself. Mm -hmm. I was saying, you can't hurt me again. And you will never hurt me again. And I'm not even going to give you any clout or any room to be in my presence. Now. If you're listening to this, think about it for yourself. How many of you do this where you put a wall up and stonewall or numb and think this is protection and it's like, I'll show them. But what's actually happening is that I'm the one that is getting burnt. I think that I'm protecting myself, but every day that I hold on to this, I'm the one getting burnt. Now, when I was in Hong Kong, my mom called me and she said to me, I was on a modeling trip she called me and she said, listen, um, I'm going to go and do this self-development workshop called Landmark. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm down. And for a year, my sister was calling me, Hey, can we talk? Can we talk? And I was like, no, no, no. Right. And I was sitting on it. I was so cold towards her and I pushed it out of my life because I was, dead set that she would never treat me like that again and I lost a year of my life doing that so I went to this workshop and when I went to this workshop the biggest lesson they taught me in that moment was that the moment you hold on to holding on to pain is like holding on to hot coal expecting the other person to get better mm. and the whole time I'm getting burnt whole time I'm thinking that I'm protecting myself but I'm actually missing out on connection and that's what I wanted I wanted connection and in that workshop I learned so much about myself I learned how to let go I learned how to forgive I learned about why I react versus respond now in that moment when she did that to me I was reacting Right, And when we react, we react from an old wound. And what I was doing was reacting from an old wound, but I didn't know why I reacted so strongly. And when I, this is what's even funnier. When I did the workshop, I had to go back and think about when was the very first time I've ever felt that feeling or that emotion. And believe it or not, we're in target. And my sister asked me for $2 and she says, I want to go buy a mixed tape. This is back in the day when cassette tapes were out, right? And I still remember it because it was a double mixtape, tape. Like it was a double cassette and it was new kids on the block. A lot of people probably don't even know what that is now. And I gave her the $2 and she bought this, this new kids on the block tape and she never paid me back. The exact same trigger got triggered in me. That wound got literally pulled. Like, so if if anyone's watching, literally like this wound was here and it got triggered from the outside and it went dunk and it opened up again. And I had the exact same feeling from when I was four years old. And I remember it so clearly because I stored it in my bank, in my memory bank. And I remember during that, when I really got the understanding of where that first came from, it shifted so much for me and released so much suffering because I was like, wow, I don't want to hold on to this anymore. I don't want to keep beating myself up or making her wrong or punishing her. I want my sister back. And when I forgave her, I first forgave myself for making myself feel shame or guilt. And then I forgave her and we rekindled our relationship. And from that workshop, Um, that's where I was introduced to self-development. And when I saw this woman on stage speaking and presenting, I literally looked at her, Jess, and I was like, I'm going to be her. In fact, I think I can do that better.
0: Oh, I have the exact same experience, like sitting in like my daughter's bedroom. I was getting up at like 4am every single morning to spend two hours by myself to like work and heal, heal myself. Um, and I saw Regan Hellier, like a video of Regan Hill. And I felt the exact same. It wasn't even, it was like an acceptance. Mm. It was literally like an acceptance of that's what I'm meant to do. Okay. I'm going to accept that in, as my truth.
1: It's so interesting. Like when we first had that epiphany, it comes up.
0: Mm.
1: Or oh, when it speaks to you. Because I didn't consider myself confident then. I wouldn't just put it out there and say, I'm going to do that unless I knew I was going to win at it, right? Because I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? So when that came up, I was like, what? What do you mean? And after doing that workshop, it just kind of introduced me to the world of self-development. And I had so many epiphanies and breakthroughs, breakdowns and breakthroughs throughout that workshop that it really got me to reflect. And, and when I started talking to people, even at the workshop, it was almost like there was a bunch of information that would just pour out and I just mm-hmm. see it. And I go, oh, they're doing this because of this and this because of that. And I only got those learnings because of my own experience, because of what I've been through. Before that, I couldn't see that. And that's exactly when I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the advance. So I did the advance with my dad and- um, realized that I had massive blocks with him with love and expression and when I got that that was the catalyst to everything because I was like I'm gonna I need to teach this and I started looking up courses and I started volunteering at at events and just I, I became so hungry for this information because it was just everything that I believed in the past was not really true about myself and other people and my relationship with myself started to develop and I started to really connect the door the dots and um, that's when I started studying I started studying at the ICA the International Coaching Academy um, that was a two-year program that I did I did NLP timeline therapy hypnotherapy acceptance and commitment therapy um, Reiki one I did my yoga teacher training theater healing yeah
0: all the things
1: that's and and that's what I love about learning is that you get to learn it you get to apply it and then you get to teach it and the more you teach it the more you learn it again and you get to make your life even better but seeing people transform seeing people come in and and come with these preconceived ideas of who they are and then seeing them leave with this new profound understanding and this wide open view of what the life their life could be and then the impact people around them is the most gratifying thing to see.
0: Mm. And I, I've definitely, um, you know, observed you coaching and I can see when, you know, someone's had that that transformation, that breakthrough, I can see that physiological response in your body when you're like, like you there's can no see better that feeling. gratification. You can see it's kind of like me when I'm like picking people's brains about like coaching programs and I'm like a kid in a candy shop and I'm like, ooh, and you know this stuff and let's put all this together. And that's how I feel too.
1: Yeah, it's there's no better feeling. Um, You know, obviously you get paid to do it, but when you see people that have been suffering for years or holding on to resentment or past pain and like for example I got a message the other day from a girl that said Emil after the course I took your advice and ended up having a conversation with my father and I fully let go Mm because she did some resentment work I fully let go and I'm able to now connect with him she's like I didn't just connect with him because he's family I connect with him because I want to and we actually are genuinely showing each other love and that to me, I'm like, that's the biggest breakthrough you can have.
0: Mm, I love the ripple effect when a person heals themselves. Yeah. It just it opens doors for anyone in their life. You know, whether it's a work colleague or a partner or, you know, a brother, a sister, a parent. When you share your experience, they go okay, and they may not like just straight away be on like okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go into this as well. And I'm going to start my own healing journey. Um, but just that one shift, you changing um, that one thing within yourself, for example, um, I just told you about maternal awakening, an event that mm. I ran last year. And there was this powerful moment um, where one of the mothers had the courage just to, to share something really, really vulnerable. And it's probably one of the most vulnerable things that I have heard. And I've heard a lot of things, you know, you know, my story, you know, my background and uh, she'd actually attempted to take somebody's life and she wanted to forgive herself. And she shared that with the person. And this was 20 years ago, 20 years ago, she was in a very deep state of depression and she, she was shaking like her whole body was just shaking and then she she forgave herself and then her whole body just her, her face you know she everything did. every the muscles relaxed she was her face was glowing she then went out into her family and shared that with um, with her family and they were then able to heal that experience themselves and it's like you just don't know how how powerful the work when you do the work on yourself and it doesn't matter if you're new to personal development or if you've been doing it for like 10 plus years. Yeah. Always a different layer.
1: And it doesn't stop. It really doesn't stop. Right. Like you, You're right. You think it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's clear. I've arrived. And yeah. And it really is a process. It, it really is peeling back those layers and continuously looking in and going, okay, what, what triggered me about that? How can I learn from that? and and it's i think you know when people come to me they're like well i want to get rid of this and i don't want to feel this anymore mm. and it's not about getting rid of it it's about building the relationship with it mm. right yeah. and if we looked at everything like it's a relationship right i was doing this thing i actually explained this the other day to a client i was like you know that the wheel of life how it has the eight categories so it's got career finance it's got um relationships it's got um fun recreation instead of like just putting those eight characters i was like imagine you put people in front of those characters right and imagine you're like what's my relationship with this what's my relationship with this and you see them as a physical person how would i treat them how do i pay attention to them do i listen to them do i do i feed them do i acknowledge them I think if we looked at everything like that, we would have a very different understanding of how our life is is moving. Mm -hmm. Do I ignore that part of it? Like so many people go, I want the money, but I'm scared to look at my bank account. And it's almost like I'm scared to look at that person. I've been ignoring him for years. But when he's here, I hold on to him really tight. I think if we, we looked at it like that and we started to build the relationship with ourselves, it would really reflect into those things unconsciously.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think that um, you know, in the spiritual communities and some personal development communities spaces, um you know, there there can be a surface level approach. And this is when we really peel back those layers and we look at all parts of ourselves, all aspects of our life. And we can change that relationship and go, well, why is it good? And why is it bad? You know, we're really playing into this good and bad. What if it just was? And what if I was able to accept all parts and aspects of myself so that I was no longer denying a part of who I am?
1: Yeah i i I asked it's funny you say that because i literally was asking myself this two days ago i was like where am i still hiding
0: Mm.
1: where am i still avoiding and i had to really sit i was like am i where am i still playing safe and i'm like and you know going to those parts with no guarantee that you're going to get the outcome you want is tough Mm. so i kind of like to do it in my own timing and, and do it in different ways but not not all at once and then like let's just smash myself right but asking those questions every now and then it's like where am I still hiding and avoiding Where am I still playing small Um, what am I still resisting and noticing it and noticing the resistance and not like beating yourself up because even myself I still I still have resistance to a lot of things even like with technology like I'm about to release a podcast very soon and this amount of resistance coming up before I know it's about to birth, it's it's so funny to watch. Nice. I'm just like, I'm like, okay, it's it's, you know, it's it's coming and it's I know when I do something, I want to do it well. And I know that this is the process that I go through in and, and it, it is talking to myself nicely and being kind. And like I said to you before, I was listening to a meditation on surrender. It's surrendering and allowing it to come through organically instead of like, it has to look like this and it has to be like this. I think so many of us get so caught up in what it's meant to look like that we miss the point and we then limit it.
0: And then we don't do anything.
1: Yeah. We don't do it. We don't step
0: out and do it.
1: And then it just sits in the background
0: on your face. Like (laughs)
1: that's
0: kind of my attitude, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? Can I do that now? Well, what's something that I can do that's very similar to that, that I can then allow myself, um, you know, driving home today, like an affirmation that was like coming through for me, I'm like, okay, I've got to share this today, was um, I give myself permission to evolve. I give myself uh, permission to evolve. And like with the babies, you know, you know, I have like, a million babies. If, if you're listening yeah. to this and you're new to, to myself, um, I have four children aged five and under. And I remember when I first started my podcast, which was two years ago, and I was pregnant with baby number three. And then because it wasn't video, it was just audio as well. The way that I was doing it. Once I had the baby, I was literally rocking the baby, had a bottle and I was like talking as if like, it's not even happening. <laughs> my god yeah so so for me I was like well I wanted to vlog originally okay well why do I want to vlog what if I tried podcasting like what would happen like what would happen if I just did that so Mm. then I just I just lent in and I just did it
1: it's amazing I mean the way you're able to I do not say balance but harmonize your life from children to business. It's it's incredible. Like hats off to you. Because you. I'm telling you, like really like hats off to you because it's I can't even imagine what it would be like to have a child yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, alone, let alone four children under five and your ability to hold space, Jess, and still be present with people, run a business, wife. Like you're playing so many different hats. And I think so many people, they want to go get a coach, find someone that's actually re- living real life mm. like yourself.
0: Yes. And like that, I do get a lot of mums, obviously, that, that want to work with me. Um, you know, it was, it was quite a strange experience. I had, I did a discovery call, and the potential client said, I want to be Jessica Palmer. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. It's like no you don't you want to be you whatever is the most authentic version of you let's discover that um but I think that it can online like obviously we've got the highlight reel like on Instagram Facebook you know I don't want anyone to think to listen to this and go oh Jess has got it all worked out like she's she is crushing it in her business and having quality time with her children, all these things, you know, I love to just be so real and transparent because I think that's where we get really caught up in this comparison mode, you know, where we don't speak our truth. And I love when leaders are transparent, like transparency is such beautiful leadership to me. And for me, there are days where I think, Oh my gosh, am I going to survive motherhood today? Like I literally have those moments where I think, Oh, everything's crushing down. The house is about Mm. to burn down. But thankfully, I now have these tools, right? If I didn't have these tools and I didn't learn them before I had my third and my fourth child, who knows where I would be in my life today? Like I, who knows? But because I have those tools and I'm so devoted, I think that's the biggest thing. I'm so devoted to being a vessel of, of love, like I've shared, like my my definition of love is that love is unconditional presence. So if I can give unconditional presence to anything that I'm creating, anyone that I spend time with, including my children, because sometimes as a mother, I might have these little moments where like I might pop up because I'm a bit tired and my head's like, oh, I don't want to listen to the wiggles. Like, I don't, I'm sick of the wiggles. This is like the fourth time, the fourth yeah. child that's into the wiggles now. Um, like, God bless the wiggles. I love you guys. Don't come for me, people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want to share that it takes a lot of dedication and devotion and just that letting go. And I think that's what I've really learned from my life experiences is is like the art of of detachment, where I can let go of things so quickly, because I have this understanding as well that it's going to turn into toxicity in my body, and I know what that feels like, and I I'm so like no,
1: mm.
0: I'm so I've got an aversion to that where I'm like no, I really don't ever want to feel that way that way again, so. I just allow myself to just fall flat on my face to feel all the feels where I'm like, this is literally a shitstorm right now. What's going on? So, for example, I, sh- I shared this um, before we jumped on guys with Emil. My baby had had like an explosion. There was literally just stuff everywhere. I'm trying to get everyone to school. And in that moment, I could just stop and just crumble and cry. Or I could go, I'm going to take a deep breath. And I'm just going, what am I choosing in this moment? Like I'll stop and I'll pause. And sometimes I might need to actually tell my children. "I'm mummy's just wait, wait for a moment, please. And I'll stop and I will take a moment and I will just start breathing and focus on what I'm thinking. And I've noticed one of my children now when she's like, oh, I can't make a decision. I can't make a decision. She she's goes, so oh, nice. hang on. I need to breathe. <laughs> and then she sits there and she goes, And then she's, like, doing, like, her her breathing. And then she goes, oh, now I know. Now I know the answer. So there's just so many um, parts, rolling parts. What
1: a beautiful gift. And also just understanding, like, you said a key thing there, which was in that moment I just need to breathe. And I think so many of us, we get caught up in, in the emotion. We get caught up in the feels. We get caught up in people triggering us and it does just take one moment to just sit and take a breath take it take a step back for a second I don't need to keep going at at this pace I can just take a step back and then reevaluate what's happening and what a vital tool you're teaching your children
0: Mm, yeah it's so beautiful um so beautiful to see them doing that and like they'll even I've taught them like a little bit of Reiki then sometimes they come up to me and they're like they're just like, do you want me to heal you? Oh, my God. Oh, sounds- <laughs> yeah. Oh, like if I'm feeling upset because, like, I'm okay with showing my emotions to my children. Um. So if I feel sad, like, I'll just cry. I don't want my children to think, like, I have no emotion. Mm. So I'll just cry and then they'll come up to me and they'll just be, like, try to heal me or they'll, like, touch my shoulder and comfort me. And, yeah, it's just really beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think, um, I think I'm just really committed to when I am on my deathbed, I don't want to look back and go, I'm so glad I got pissed off about my child having an explosion. Like I'm so glad I wasted so much energy and, and I was, you know, in like um, because I think in motherhood you can get really wound up you know, when you're like chasing your children, you get wound up and it takes some time to unwind. I don't want to be on my deathbed and look back and go, I'm so glad I held that grudge for so long for my entire, I'm so glad that I was gossiping about this person. I'm so glad that I'm like, no, I would, I'm not going to say that on my deathbed. They're not the things that I-, I desire to say. So I'm like, this doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. This is gone. No.
1: I always ask, will this matter in five years?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: usually the case, it's not, it doesn't. Yeah. And, um, and also those things that are triggering us, like, you know, does this opinion matter right now at the start, it can hurt and it can feel like a little kick in the gut. Mm. But I think it's, it's one of those things where once we, we ask ourselves this question, like, will this matter in five years? Will this person be around in five years? Is this person really in alignment with my values? you know yes. and I think it's when you ask yourself that question and you get the answer you're like it doesn't matter mm. and I think we're all trying to do our best in our own way but I was saying to you before I said it's like we're little kids in adult bodies trying mm. to get our needs met yeah and so many of us once we get our needs met for a little bit we're like oh okay I'm happy but if they don't then we have a little tantrum you know and that's our that's us getting to investigate and go deeper with ourselves to go okay what needs to be healed still
0: yeah and it's so hilarious like if you don't just let off that steam or whatever it is obviously it builds up like I remember one of our coaching sessions last year um I was talking about my husband was really upset that I didn't get the right tuna or something. And I, I think I was frustrated at him. I don't know what's going on about, but yes. it was literally just these simple things where we make things mean something so much bigger than it actually is. And just the fact that, like, I now know which tuna, which he now doesn't have that tuna. He's changed his mind. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but because I knew at the time which tuna, what it is, and I would always make sure, okay, every week I've got to make sure, like, I'll keep that topped up. So he's got his tuna and his rice and whatever it is. And, you know, that just, that made him feel nurtured and loved. He's like, thank you. And like, it's it just is. tuna. But the it actually, things. it's what it symbolizes to him.
1: Hmm. You're listening to me.
0: You're listening to me. Yeah, you're acknowledging me. Yeah. So you have a very powerful program, um, which you have run. You've got the next intake coming up, two years to live. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I created this program because of a past client of mine, Diana Burgess. And she told me she had, she told me she was given two years to live by a doctor, right? And I was like, what do you mean you was given two years to live? She she basically, it was like, well, I had to have emergency heart surgery because I had a hole in my heart. And at the time, she, she wasn't unhealthy. She was a marathon runner. Mm. And because her heart condition was so rare, the doctors were like, had to have several meetings about it. And they've never done that procedure before. So they gave her if she, if she went through the surgery, she was given a forty percent chance of survival. Mm. And if she survived, she was given two years to live. Now, when I heard that story, Jess, my heart dropped. I was like, literally, like, how do you, how do you even function when you get told like this is your time? It's up. In two years' time, we're predicting that you're no longer going to be around. Mm. And in my mind, straight away, I was like, what would I do if I had two years to live? And I started thinking like that and asking myself that question every day for the next three to four days. And every day I would wake up and, and the excuse would come up or the reason or I'd feel a certain way. And, and it's going to happen. But I asked myself, I was like, what would I do differently if I had two years to live? And I was like, I would let go of this story. I would stop making the excuses. I would stop procrastinating. I would express love and and what I feel about um, things to my family or my girlfriend or, you know, I would stop holding on to the resentment. I would take action. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a program for this. A four-week, 30-day program. And this is the thing. Everybody thinks that you have to change something, it has to take long and it's going to take a long time and it doesn't have to be. It can literally be a choice you make that day and a bunch of choices because you are where you are. You are in life where you're at right now because of the questions you ask yourself, yeah, because of what you've decided to settle for. And the better questions you ask yourself, the more intelligent answers are going to come. And... When I thought about this challenge, I thought about what do people need? I'm like, well, my number one thing is values. We need values in order to set a strong foundation. So because that's what we make every single decision from. Second one is what are the fears? What are the beliefs that I have? What's in the background? The stories that keep replaying over and over like a stuck record. So I need to be aware of those. So the first step is if I'm not aware of those, how am I going to change it? And then we go into your habits because you are what you do daily, Mm. right? Why does one person get the goal and the other person doesn't? It's because this person A has a system and they have a daily habits. They have daily habits, what they do daily, right? And the third one we go into is Emotional intelligence, how to dive deeper into your emotional intelligence, because when you start to understand your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, you don't just get pulled by them in any any direction. Like so many of us say, oh, I'm not feeling it today. I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, cool. If you want to get pulled by your feelings all the time, you will never go anywhere. So it's about honoring those feelings and and learning how to decipher what's real and what's not, because so many of us will sabotage ourselves. Our mind likes to keep us safe and it doesn't care if this is going to be a great outcome for you. It sees danger and it's going, I don't know if you should do that because you could fail. And if you fail, that will mean that that would trigger that I'm not good enough wound. So the mind wants to keep you safe. So we develop a deeper sense of emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence, obviously is just awareness, awareness of our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and how to, Develop an intelligence around them so that we can actually use them instead of them using us. Mm -hmm. Um, The fourth module we're going to is your money mindset and how everything is connected to money. Our emotions make major decisions when the money goes out of our accounts. We freak out when we lose things or things get taken away from us. We have emotional responses. So it's about building your relationship with money and understanding that boundaries self-worth, time, management are all connected to your money. Mm -hmm. And if I don't know how to set boundaries, which a lot of people don't, or I'm really bad with time management, so I'm going to give my time away to anyone who asks for it. I'm not going to set standards. And not understanding how to say no, these are all things that affect our bank balances. And our self-worth is based on, if we're focusing on, oh, the more money I have, the more self-worth I have, then the moment the money gets taken away, it's not really self, you don't have really a high self-esteem. It's based on something outside of you. And the last thing we cover is purpose, because everybody needs purpose. So it's a five-week, it's not a five-week, it's four weeks, but it's an intense program to get people out of their head and into their body and and on the field instead of on the sidelines.
0: It's so powerful. And um, I've actually witnessed Emil in action facilitating this program alongside, um, you know, his powerful assistant coaches as well. And, you know, just seeing the transformations that take place, you know, even when people are observing other people speaking, there's so much that you learn from other people sharing their experiences. You can see people sitting back in the background on the call and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's happening in my life, too. Okay, cool. I'm not alone. I don't need to feel silly about this. Um, I'm so glad I'm part of this community and I'm actually investing in myself.
1: Yeah, it's 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 been great. We've run it twice already and just seeing people shift and in, in a sh- very short amount of time um, with consistency because we do keep them accountable, which is.
0: You is do. Lot,
1: yeah, which is a lot of work, yeah. but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, oh, that's so awesome. I just want to find, um, I was actually looking up, you know, I just, I love words so, so much. And, you know, brought up the word purpose. Yesterday, I was searching the word purpose. I'm like, what does the word purpose mean? Like, where does that word come Come from? from? I have thought about that actually. Yeah. Well, this is just how my curious mind works. You know, Hmm. Um, whenever someone uses a word all the time, I'm like, why do you use that word? What does that mean? Um, so the word purpose, the word purpose actually comes from an old French word called um, proposer. So it was actually about um, making a proposition. So a lot of people think that your purpose is something that it's something almost that it will find you or you'll go and find it or, or whatever it is. Um, where is it? I'm losing my train of thought. But I just thought it was really, really powerful because the way that it was to put forth, there you go. Yeah, so to propose or to put forth. And I really love that because it meant that in order to be living on purpose or in your purpose, it required you to actually step forward, to actually put forth what your purpose was. It needs to work with you. So I just wanted to share that as well. So
1: do you you think that your purpose is you put your step you step into it first, or do you think the purpose comes to you?
0: I think, okay, this is this is my I have a very vivid visual um, of purpose of the energy of purpose. It came to me actually like a few months ago. So basically the way that I think of it, think think as if you have, you know, you have all these fields of energy around you and you have this vortex, which is your purpose. It's literally swirling around you your entire life. It's constantly swirling around you. So when you allow yourself to crack open your heart, just that little bit and your mind, just that little bit, it's like, cool, now I've got an opening. I can finally communicate with this human being and share what the purpose is. And um, so I can, that's, that's you know, I even have like a sound, like what it sounds like as it's like swirling around me. And as I allow my heart and my mind to open up, it's like a door has opened. So the more you open that door, the more your purpose, because you, when you're opening the door, you that's the allowing, that's the surrender. No, and
1: really? then your
0: purpose flows in. But when your purpose flows in, you can go, okay, yeah, I'm going to digest this. I'm going to, I'm going to embody this. Yes. I'm going to embrace this or you can not accept it and you you can deny it. So that's where I think it works both ways, where your purpose is actually here. It's already ready for you. It's waiting for you. It just needs you to open up you know, those, those doors so that you can say, hello, here you go. Because I know a lot of people with their purpose, sometimes they're like, boom, that's my purpose. And it just, it feels like lightning and like it came out of nowhere. You're like, how did yeah. I just get intense clarity in like two minutes of my whole yeah. life's purpose after all this pain and struggle, whatever it is I've been going through. And it's those moments of full openness, full surrender. But then you actually have to do something with it.
1: Yeah, you got to have the courage to follow it now.
0: You've got to take the action. You've got to take, you know, like the aligned action, like what you share.
1: So interesting because it's, you know, so many of us, I, I think when you think about clarity, your purpose, it's the hard thing is not. I think when you get the clarity of the purpose, that's 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 it's great. You're on, you can start going. The hard thing is, in between the in between phase, when you're like, "What do I want to do? Do I want to do this? Do want to do that?" So many of us, including myself, we're like, "I don't know if I should do this or do that." I'm wanting to get it right or perfect first go, so not attempting things, and I think we need to attempt different things and have different experiences to also understand our purpose. To ask ourselves after we have that experience "Mm, what resonated with me did I like that did it light me up did I feel empowered in that could I do that on a daily basis and sometimes you get to this thing and you're like I want to be like I was acting and modeling and I thought you know what that's what I wanted to do before I was a coach right and after doing it for 12 years and modeling and then going to acting and, and going to LA and in Hollywood, I was like, I don't want to do this. But I had to go through that experience in order to understand that that was not it for me.
0: Yeah. You so can't I make th- a mistake. Like you cannot make a mistake. If you're, if, you're, if you're following the call of your soul and you're actually listening and it's where are you not surrendering in your life? Like where are you mm. not surrendering? And sometimes that is actually a part of the journey a part of the journey is to really reflect to you, try this. If you hate it, this is great because you now know that it's not for you
1: Mm. and
0: you may get some other clarity that just came out of nowhere or you've met someone that introduces you to what your actual purpose potentially is.
1: Yeah. Along the way, yeah. Sometimes, like, if I didn't take this path, this door wouldn't have opened. And sometimes it's good to look, look back. Yeah, is to look back. I always like to look back, Jess, and go, oh, how did that come about? And I say, well, if I didn't meet that person, then that person didn't introduce you to that and that experience led me to that and that led me to that. The web. Yeah. What's cool is to look back. What's even cooler is when you start to see the path opening up forward before it even happens. Mm. Um, and that's happened a few times where I'm like, I can see what's about to happen right now. And it's sort of like you, you're you in the right place. It's not forced. It's not an attachment. But you're seeing how this is going to open up other things. And even just being open to whatever's meant to come, allowing that.
0: Yes. It's just like that full trust and that full openness. Um, yeah, it's, it's so powerful. It's literally, you know, I know it's your desire to, But anyone who's listening to this, if you are like, I don't know what my purpose is, Mm -hmm. or maybe you've had these little like breakthrough moments, like you've had that moment of clarity where you're like, oh, this is what it feels like to live in my purpose. And then, then it's ended. And you're like, how do I get that back? It's literally available to you right now. Like even if you're listening to this podcast, it's available to you. After this podcast, just go and sit down outside, wherever you somewhere comfy, you know, and just be quiet. Sit your butt down mm. and listen. Develop the skill and the art of listening. And, you know, I think, Emil, as a coach, I feel like listening is your ability to listen and to read people. Mm. Like, I love watching you. <laughs> Watch other people. Because <laughs> it's just, it's so powerful. It's so powerful to see that. And you know, anyone who's listening and they want to increase their awareness, what what tip would you give them?
1: Um first I would say get a pen and paper and journal. And I think f- for you to become more aware, you want to see what your thoughts are doing daily. So I always Mm -hmm. use the the exercise of the persistent complaints, critiques, and concerns that come up daily, either with yourself and with other people. So if you want to become more aware, first start with that. If you start to journal, even if it's like three or four days to start, right? You don't need to go full deep into it and go five, six days, because you probably will start it and then not continue. Start off with small and, and just build it up. So do go for three or four days of just journaling. What is your PCCs, persistent complaints, concerns, or critiques that you've had about yourself or other people ask yourself, why did they, why did that person trigger me today?
0: Mm.
1: And when you ask why why did that trigger me? A why question is going to cut deep, right? So you can use a why question to go even deeper and go, well, why did that trigger me? and, what triggered me about that and what triggered me about that and what triggered me about that and ask about four or five times that same question until you get to the core and when you get the learnings then take the learnings and ask yourself what can I learn from that experience what is it that I need to heal because our body is telling us every single day um, something's being presented to me right and what i'm looking for when i'm coaching people is the the way they stop breathing it could be little twitches in their face it could be the way they not just answer but the way they don't answer and avoid certain certain ways of um, answering and it can be like the slightest little uh, and i'll be like what was that And it's us trying to control the experience, right? When we're trying not to, when we're trying to hold our breath, what we're trying to do is we're trying to control the experience. But when you breathe, what you're doing is you're allowing whatever to come up to come up without judgment, right? And that's going to be the key is when you sit and you breathe, you're allowing it to flow through you and release. And I think the biggest problem, Jess, is that so many of us don't want to feel that pain or we don't want to feel that uncomfortable feeling. But you can either have the pain of stagnation or you can have the pain of growth, but you're going to have one or the other. And it's about allowing this to come through us without a judgment, without making us feel shame or guilt about what we're experiencing. And I've experienced it myself, like shame to the core. And it's one of the most low vibrations. And it's it's, Mm -hmm. shame is like, it's almost avoiding a fear of people finding out that I'm a bad person or I did something really bad because I I've got this standard that I'm pretending to show people and if people found out that that would be the worst thing ever right so it really is about journaling doing meditation um mindfulness Mm
0: -hmm. sitting
1: coloring being present if you want to develop more awareness do get exercises that strengthen your focus Because we are getting pulled in so many different directions these days. We're getting pulled in social media, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. It's it's so many things that we get pulled in so many different directions. And Nicole, I can almost feel like our breath is getting taken. Like the other day I was like, I was on social media that much that I felt like my breath was shortened. Like I was like, I need to breathe. And I was like, wow, it's, it's me on social media. It's me constantly looking at the screen. And I think we need to really make sure we're having time away from these things mm-hmm. so that we can really strengthen that relationship with ourselves and be present with what's actually happening in the world. And yes. go out go out in your garden, take your shoes off, look at what's happening in the nature. If you can sit there for like half an hour a day and watch nature and see how your garden is shifting. It's one of the best teachers and you're probably thinking like, oh, that sounds boring, but I'm telling you right now, if you can do that on a consistent basis, you will be 10 times more happier and content with yourself than constantly getting that dopamine hit from social media.
0: Yeah, there's like a new level of um, understanding and I think gratitude as well. You know, like gratitude comes from these things too when you're like, wow, like if you actually stopped and looked, you know, I can see like some trees outside my window here and I'm looking at these trees and like at one point, these trees were just like a seed. Yeah. Like that's really amazing.
1: Yeah. When you like see plants you stopped, like yeah, that plant behind me, yeah, that was almost dead. Um, and there's like, I don't know if you can see, there's a leaf at the back there there this caterpillar ate the whole leaf and I was like oh, oh. my god it's gone and this plant was out, this plant was outside for about six months and um I thought it was gone for sure and I put it in literally put it in a certain part in my garden and gave it water and then next one sprout comes out out of nowhere and then next thing and then it starts opening up again and I was like it's back and That's it really so is amazing it really is. When you think about it, it's just the same thing about it. Just needed a little love and attention.
0: Yeah, that nurture
1: and and that nurture.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think, I think those type of activities are such game changers. Like you, once you become more connected to the world around you, you're like, wow, I'm actually a part of something really, really incredible.
1: Mm. Isn't
0: this is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Emile, as you know, you and I could talk for years about so many topics. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, How can everyone get in contact with you? And um, when does Two Years to Live start the next round?
1: So the next round starts May 12th and we're taking applications now. And uh, they can find me on www.emilesteinbelt.com or go to my Instagram at steenbelt.
0: Amazing. All right. So to finish off this interview, mm-hmm. I have some final questions. Are you ready for the questions?
1: Okay. Fire away.
0: Awesome. What is your definition of spirituality?
1: My definition of spirituality is being connected to my inner spirit and when I'm connected to my inner spirit then I'm able to connect to everything else around me.
0: Beautiful. Did you know what the word spirit means or where it comes from? No. So the word spirit actually comes from the Latin verb spirare, which means to breathe. So what that means is so this is why you're just gonna look look up everywhere, Emil. It's the
1: best. It's The best. <laughs> like <a> human dictionary.
0: <laughs> I'm literally a human dictionary. Uh, we all are. But basically, what that says to me is that when you, whenever you, as long as you're breathing, you're connected. Your spirit's to you. alive. You know, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's funny you say because when I visualize my spirit or spirituality, I visualize like that inner flame inside of me. It's like this light. And yeah. the more I connect to that inner light, then I'm able to kind of beam unconsciously, just in that way of like, because yeah. my I'm I'm putting into my fire, I'm putting into my inner spirit, I'm acknowledging that 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 flame. And I feel like it's it's like no one is more spiritual than the other. they just they're just not fanning their own flame. They're just not paying yes. attention to it, they're just not nurturing it. So that's what I look at when I look at someone that's spiritual. I'm like, okay, they have a spirit. Everybody has a spirit, but some people don't pay attention to their spirit. Some people don't neglect their spirit. Some people literally are are using wet wood to light that fire. Mm.
0: Powerful. Beautiful. Next question. Mm. What happens when we die?
1: Oh, this is interesting because, I mean, I just... I have a book up there called Many Lives, Many Masters. So mm. I I don't, I think we come back, but we come back as, I think we are re- reincarnated. It's funny. I haven't asked myself this question in a long time. I think we are re- reincarnated. And I think we do come back as different, lives or different bodies and this is why I feel like we have so many different experiences in life where I like wow I feel like I've just met you but I feel so familiar and connected to to you Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely do feel like we are we are coming back in different bodies and different experiences and when I read that book "The many lives many masters it really like everything shifted because I was looking at everybody like who are you who are you and if you haven't read it go and read it it's it really there's some things that just unexplainable and the connection we have with certain people it just feels so comfortable and with so little time and also what also triggered me about that book was there are real cases out there of people that have of like little kids that have been have come back and said, oh, I was in the I world was in war. Village, I it, was in this village. Yeah. I was in
0: this. I had this issue with my body.
1: Yeah. I was in, I was a pilot in Japan. This guy, this little kid was like, and I, my plane landed here. And it was a four-year-old child stating these facts. There's no way he's going to know these facts. Yeah. And he pointed on the map, this is where I died. And it, they looked it up and it was an actual fact. Now, that to me, like, I'm like... That's empirical just...
0: evidence, guys.
1: Yeah, like, this that's a fact, it. Right?
0: That's a fact. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's like, so I think when you die, I, I think you do come back in, in another form. And I think we have many lives and we have different teachers on the lives and we're here to learn and we're here to grow and we're here to evolve. And what we don't clear up now will be in our next life.
0: Mm. Yes. Yeah. All right. Final question, Emil. This is a fill in the blanks. This is how people reflect on you, whether you have reincarnated, gone up to the cloud, whatever it, you know, whatever happens. Um. This is how people reflect on you. Emil taught me
1: how to accept every part of myself, the darkest parts that i've been hiding and avoiding for my whole life
0: emil was always kind emil made me feel seen beautiful i mean emil stiegenfeld everyone thank you so much
1: thank you for having
0: me Thank you for listening to another episode of the Get Coaching Podcast. For listening, I would love to invite you over to my free community. You can get a free membership. It's called the Coaching Lab Community and it's specifically for coaches and conscious leaders. We have monthly community calls, there's free resources in there, and of course, it's a great place for you to network and potentially find people to collaborate with. More than anything, it's great to have a place where you can come to express yourself and to also know that you're not alone on this journey. So if you'd like support to staying on track, staying on mission, then go and redeem your free membership again over at coachinglabcommunity.mn.co.